with my father being Zig Ziglar and yeah. and just being kind of like one of the icons of motivation. You just got to yes. be better than good, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> Did the wealthy barber have an influence on you? No, no. Um, start off uh, red, rich dad, poor dad. But okay. no, wealthy barber. I did. I did get into it a little bit, but can't say that that was uh, a motivation. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I remember. Uh, gosh, this would have been maybe thirty years ago. Yeah, dad. My dad was speaking in an event, and he said, "Here, I want to. Uh, I want to introduce you to someone." He was on a cell phone. It was maybe twenty-five years ago. Yeah. And it was Kiyosaki. Um, they'd just spoken on a program together. And he said, you're going to hear a lot from this guy. And he sent me, well, this would, I don't know what the date was, but this would tell you the date. He sent me the, the uh, prototype of the cash flow game. Before, wow. Before it came out. And I wish I knew where it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like finding a Bitcoin password. I know. Probably. It's probably made people more money than Bitcoin these days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a, that's amazing. So, um, you know, let, let me ask you a, a couple of questions. First of all, you know, coming from that, as you said, genetics, um, coming from that genetics, uh, what was that like, at, you know, coming up? And for you, what do you kind of see as, you know what, this is, this is what I realized that I can solve and I can uh, help people with. This is, this is what I'm meant to do separate from what your dad did before you. Yeah. Well, first off, um, you know, as good as dad was on stage and his public image and reputation and all those things, he was even better at home. He was better wow. on stage. Uh, just unbelievable. He was an introvert uh, at home. Most people who saw him out in public would never would never know that he right. did get he did uh, get energy from people. So he loved being around people, uh, but he also needed, you know, three or four hours in the morning of just digestion and reading and research and, you know, just thinking through things. So he kind of mm -hmm. so he really knew how to 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 kind of present that stage image and that excitement. He was always positive, always excited, but and around the house in a low key way. I mean, he would just talk at even keels about, I just can't wait for tomorrow. It's going to be, you know, so much better than what we've seen. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up in that, it was just a huge blessing. Now when I travel around the world, there's people whose lives have been impacted by him and we're like best friends and family now. Um, yeah. Cause they know, they know what we believe and, and uh, it's impacted their life and it's just like a connection. Mm -hmm. So that's really good. But my, my strength and my gifts are different. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a nerd. I like to know the why behind the why. Uh, okay. <laughs> and when I, you know, when I first started speaking, I was like, and this is terrible. This is hard. You know, I don't like it. And I had to had to really kind of get inside my own head and say what's going on, and I'd put this expectation on myself. Nobody ever told me this; I just believed it. That that said, "Hey, I need to be like that on stage." Yeah, and I thought it was style that people wanted to see, and then I realized, no, that's not. People want you to do the best you can, 
right? To maximize your, your, your abilities, but they want you to be you, right? And so when I realized that, then it just allowed me to be who I am. Uh, and that took, you know, and then it became fun. So I love going out and doing it now, but it was, it was hard in the beginning. And I would rather equip people to go out and change lives, right? And work with coaches and speakers and that uh, to really help them understand the why behind the why. That's that's more of what I like to do yeah. rather than to huge audiences inspiring them to take action. Uh, I do both, uh, but I kind of like, I like the, the, the walk, right? I, I like knowing somebody for a long period of time rather than, then drop in and set a fire and then leave. You've really found a place for yourself in, uh, in really empowering other people to be able to uh, step out there and, and do uh, to be able to speak to, to crowds, to be able to speak to uh, the public. Is, is that really the aspect of it that you find most enjoyable? Yeah. I tell people, you know, if, if I'm, if you, hear me speak or you read one of my books and, and it, you know, and you send me a letter and it says, wow, I, I did what you said. And I, you know, I achieved this goal or I had this win or this happened. Yeah. I'll give you a high five. Uh, but if you say I read your book or went, went to one of the programs or became a coach and then what you taught me, I shared with someone else and it changed their life, you know, I'll do the Snoopy dance. Uh, that's real exciting. And then <laughs> if you write me a letter and say, Hey, uh, you know, I was sharing this with somebody and then they shared it with somebody and it changed their life. That's like, that's legacy. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so that's how I think three things is how can we create, um, how can we, kind of just transfer habits and knowledge to somebody in a way that makes it easy for them to do the same thing. And it just becomes a legacy, right? Because mm -hmm. the world is, the world's complicated. You know, there's a lot of things going on, but sometimes we make it overly complicated. And, and what I like to do is just to simplify it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And, and so when you're, when you're helping people, when you're coaching people in this journey, what do you find is the, uh, the most difficult part of that for, uh, for people to, you know, that they're coming to you and they're saying, Hey, I need your help. Uh, what do you find that that piece is that you're like, uh, that's, that's your, uh, that's your superpower. You know, that you're going to be able to help them crush in this area. What, what is that that you find that people come to you for the most? Yeah. And so, and this is, you know, we have uh, hundreds of coaches as well. And so yeah. these coaches get the same question, Hey, can you help me? Yeah. And when, so when somebody says, whether it's personal success or health or, or, or wealth or, or whatever it is, when they say, Hey, I need a coach or, you know, I, I don't know. Can you help me? They're, they're usually coming at it from two, two places. Okay. Uh, either they're stuck, <clears throat> they're in the middle of a disaster, uh, they're disappointed, they're burned out, uh, and they realize, I got to get some help, right? Mm -hmm. Or there's the rare few who 
have had a coach and seen the results and they just want to speed up the timeline, right? Yes. They, yes. They, they just know that there's things they don't know that if they knew now, it could help them now. And so, and that's where you see like Tiger Woods or Tom Brady or and they have 10 coaches, right? They have <laughs> nutrition and health and mindset and all these different things. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the vast majority of them, you know, they might say that they're trying to up their game, but they're really in that first group. You know, I'd say 80 or 90% of the people are, are stuck. stuck. And so here's, so here's the challenge. The challenge is, is they're obviously doing something wrong. Right. And mm-hmm. so the coach comes in and says, okay, so tell me what's your dream. Where do you want to go? What would you like? Okay. So what's holding you back? And then they start telling you uh, that and you say, okay, well, you know, we need to try something different. And they're like, yeah, we need to try something different. And you say, well, why don't we try this? What do you think about this? And they're like, oh no, I can never do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why not? (laughs) Right. Why, why couldn't we do that? So, um, so then the question becomes, okay. um, Well, why won't you try that? And it's usually a fear. Yeah. And the fear leads to a limiting belief. And the fear is usually I'm not good enough. Right. Right. And so it's a total, it's, it's a mindset, right? Well, what if I can't learn it? Or what if it doesn't work for me? Or, you know, what if it takes a long time and what if I do it wrong? And so it's this fear And so there's, I've been doing a lot of thinking uh, lately around this subject. And that is that uh, self-image is very closely connected to belief. And so you ask them, because coaching is all about questions. Coaches really don't bring a lot of answers. They ask a lot of questions that reveal the answers. Right. Right. And, uh, and so they say, yeah, you know, I've been trying this and that and it's just not working. And, and, you know, and they go, well, where do you want to go? And I ask somebody, well, what do you want? <laughs> you know, and they start to paint a, a vision of what they want. And I say, okay, so what have you been working this or what have you been doing? And they tell you, well, it's not working. Okay. So we need to try something different. What do you think we should try? And so you kind of work through that and then you say, man, that's a great plan. And then they say, yeah, but I don't, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Why? Right. You know, it's not like you're sitting here uh, overflowing with opportunity and abundance. You know, it's like you're here because you want to grow and you want a different result. Yeah. And it comes down to a fear. And the fear is, well, what if it doesn't work? Or what if I'm not yes. good enough? Or, you know, what are people going to say? And, you know, this is contrary to my peer group and, you know, all these different things. And so that fear uh, is attached to a belief. And then, I, then I've started thinking about the connection between self-image and belief. And so today we live in a very polarized culture and we see it all the time. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's progressive far left or right wing, if, if you have an opinion or a belief that's different than the, than that person on that you're talking to, it's, it's almost like they take it as an assault and they have to defend Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they feel threatened and right. right? 
Yeah. And it's because they have a, ultimately, this is what I believe is they have a very poor self image. And so yeah. if, and, and that, and that's attached to their belief. So if you're, if you believe different, that means that they're wrong yes. and they can't afford that. Yes. Right. And yes. so, right. So my dad said that, um, the number one cause of a poor self-image is the lack of unconditional love. And so the challenge is we live in a very conditional culture. Yes. Right? Yes. I yeah. love you because of what you do, right? Or this result, right. Or that, right? Yeah. How much you make, what you drive, um, or, or even I love you because of how you treat me. Yes. Right? Which, which so it's very wrong. conditional. Yeah. And, and so I've worked with wounded warriors and these, these, these uh, uh, guys, a lot of them, they, they come from uh, two of the guys I'm thinking of one from Colombia, one from Dominican Republic. The military was their ticket, right? They got education, they got training. Uh, they served in Iraq. They both got blown up. They both are amputees. And all their identity was in, in what they did and what they had, right? You know, I'm a soldier. This is a career. It's going to take me here. And immediately that was taken away from them. Right. And so so we talk about this be, do, and have. You got to be the right person, do the right things, and you can have all that life has to offer. Yes. yes. So, our, so our value is who we are, not what we do or what we have. Yes. Yes. But, but the culture input is no, it's what you do and it's what you have. Yeah. And so if I have a very strong self-image and um, you and, and I when you do that, your your who you are is what suffers, right? If you're focused on what you're doing and what you have, then what suffers is who you're being as opposed right. to, you know, the other way around. Right. It's like yeah. uh when I work with leaders, um, I ask, I say, well, what's the difference between short-term confidence and long-term confidence? Well, short-term confidence comes out of uh, a lot of times it's pride and arrogance based on the results I got yesterday. Mm -hmm. Long-term confidence comes out of humility and the understanding that I can learn, and it's actually fantastic when disruption comes because I am humble enough to go seek out wisdom from other people yeah. who can help me learn so that I can take it, you know, so that this disruption becomes my advantage. Uh, you know, there's the greatest wealth is always built in times of disruption. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. But if you and look at, disruption as a personal attack on you, it's going to paralyze you, mm -hmm. right? You're going to try to get live in the past and you can't be successful living in the past. So when you have a really strong self-image and disruption happens, you understand quickly, it's nothing to do with you. In fact, you were yeah. made for this time. Yeah. Right. If you have yeah. a poor self-image, well, it's all about me and right. this is terrible. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I think we've seen that a great deal over the 
last couple of years, obviously everyone dealing with uh, the world, dealing with the impacts of COVID. And one of the things that I remember uh, sharing with people was, you know, is this, uh, is this happening to you or for you? And, and if you can understand that slight shift, because a lot of people were feeling like, oh, COVID is happening to me. And there was a very disempowered conversation that people were having, as opposed to being able to look at it and go, actually, this is, this is working for me. It's an opportunity for me to spend more time with my kids, spend more time studying, spend more time you know, doing these other items that uh, would have all been taken up in the busy life of, you know, uh, traveling back and forth and from places and lockdowns can could actually help a person if they were willing to focus oh, yeah. themselves in. Right. It's it's all your your perspective and your attitude around it. Um, yeah. One of my friends, his name is Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and he's got a pretty cool statement. He says, when you solve a problem you're often rewarded with a certificate of appreciation. We call that money. The more problems you solve, the more certificates of appreciation you get. Mm -hmm. And then this is pretty interesting. He says, uh, the creator of the universe, or, or he says this, God is never happier with his children than when they're solving the problems of his other children. And so when disruption happens, it's a target rich environment. There's more problems than there's ever been. And, you know, I believe that we all uh, as humans, I think we all have a common purpose and that's to serve our fellow human. Mm -hmm. And so is there anything better than figuring out how to solve other people's problems? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's few, uh, <laughs> There's few things out there that make you feel as good or as empowered right. out of it. That that's for sure. Um, satisfaction, fulfillment. You know, when you know that you've been able to empower someone else, it it the certificates of appreciation don't uh, don't fully quantify that. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my friends is a is a real estate investor and. Yes. Uh, he does multifamily and they buy class C and they upgrade them. Yes. They change whole neighborhoods. I mean, yes. the whole neighborhood is revitalized when they come in and do what they do. Mm -hmm. And then he does extra. He he provides ongoing things for his tenants and, and elevates them. And he goes to bat for them. And I look at that and I go, man, that's an amazing gift. I mean, think about it. The creator of the universe is smiling. <laughs> because of, of what this person's doing to yeah. solve people's problems. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like when disruption comes and all these challenges come, more people have problems than ever. You don't have to look far. You just got to connect your gifts and talents with the problems that are out there and get busy. <laughs> right. 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 Well, so what I'm hearing is a, a couple of things. The, the biggest thing that, that, you encounter is uh, people being stuck, right? Uh, people are stuck in, in some form or another and really being able to help them see 
what it is and and even come up with that answer on their on their own is is really the power of a coach the power of a mentor and being able to accelerate that that time right you're, you're years ahead of them you're able to shorten that that learning curve and um and the aspect that i'm hearing is probably one of the most important in all of that is helping people to see that if you can solve problems it you know it it kind of solves all the other issues um i'm not sure that that's the solution is that the the solution to getting unstuck is is uh start focusing on how to help other people like uh, fix their problems yeah that's a big part of it um yeah i think the first the first piece of it though is there's got to be hope yeah if if i don't you know the 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 student who has no hope of passing the test won't even study right they just they're done. And, and so when you're, when you're coaching somebody, when you're working with somebody, or maybe you're listening and you're in that kind of hopeless position, uh, here's a question I like to ask. Is there, is there anything you can do in your personal life, your family life, your business life in the next week that'll make things worse? Yeah, probably a ton of them. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Okay. So yeah. let me ask you another question. Is there anything you can do in your personal life, your family life, your business life the next week that'll make things better? Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. There is, right? A ton of them. Yeah. I mean, I could get enough sleep. I could drink a lot, enough water. I could do a little exercise. I could, you know, I mean, there's a ton of things I can do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's what just happened. Whether you realize it or not, in your own mind, you told yourself that you have the power to make things better or worse and the choice is yours. Mm. And that's where hope is born. And so. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, one of the, one of the things that I found and the reason for this podcast was I realized uh, along the way that the how of doing something has very little to do with building wealth. Because there's so many people can teach you how to do something. And if you don't have the, uh, you know, the the leadership aspect, if you don't have the the game, you know, right up here, then you'll never go on and, and do that. If you don't have the hope, as you were just sharing, that belief that there is something that you can do, then what ends up happening is you'll never You'll never actually uh, do the how. You'll never actually work the system, so to say. Right. Yeah. And it's, if you don't believe you can, you don't have the hope that you can, your effort is never going to amount to much. Yeah. And and then I think people, um, because everything's conditional and they're not achieving the level of success they want, they take too much credit for their failure. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so what do I mean by that? Well, there's a story uh, of my dad in his early career. Uh, this was in the sixties. He's just getting started as a speaker. And, yeah. and this group had asked him to come and speak. And it was a two and a half hour drive to this other city from where he lived. 
And he liked to get there a couple hours early to make sure he knew what the setup was going to be. And so he leaves out and he's driving both ways, paying his own gas. He's not getting paid. I mean, this is like the very beginning. And he gets to the town or the city and he stops for directions. And they write out in detail on a sheet of paper, the directions. So dad gets yes. back in his car, yes. follows them. And then an hour later, he's 30 miles further from where he's trying to go. And so what does he do? Right. He followed the directions perfectly. So my first question is, was it his fault? He was given the wrong directions. No, he asked a well, you know, look like a well-intended human being, you know, they gave mm -hmm. him the wrong. <laughs> it's not yeah. his fault. So how many people are stuck or not having the success that they want to have because they were given the wrong directions? Yes. And, a lot of people. And wealth, I would say most yeah. people are. Yeah, Absolutely. Because where are they getting their directions from? People who don't have wealth, people who, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so at that point in Zig Ziglar's career, he had a choice. He could say, oh no, my speaking is, my career is finished before it even starts. I'm not going to get there on time. My reputation is ruined. You know, this is awful. And he could hang his head and drive back home or he could stop at the next place and get the right directions. And so he does get there on time because he left plenty of time to get there and the rest is history. And so if you got bad directions, don't give yourself credit for that. Acknowledge you were, take responsibility that you're in this place. Yes. But you can go and get the right directions. Yes. Right. And so that's, yes. And so if you have a low self-image or the wrong belief, you're thinking, well, everybody thinks bad of me and they're going to laugh if I fail again. <laughs> yeah, well, well, isn't that the, oh my goodness, you brought up, brought up a really interesting point. So one of the, the things that, I, that people worry about is that, well, what if you say doesn't work? And if, because everyone has had, that situation where they've been given the wrong directions. And so now it, it taints the every other time someone else tries to give them directions, you know, it, it covers their glasses and now they're everything's colored and uh, all because of, you know, one or two people or, you know, a few people that have have perhaps have steered them the wrong way. And now they're not sure on who to trust and whether they can trust the next set of uh, directions that are given to them. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll, I'll come in with a note because I'm the nerd. Um, human potential is normally judged on two criteria. The most common one is we see it in uh, education, you know, and it's, it's IQ. It's mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, are you in the, are you in the smart part of the class? Right. And, and they'll say, okay, because of your IQ, your potential is this. Well, the reality is, is that we can all raise our IQ a little bit, but it's not like it's going to go up like double or anything, right? We can learn right. and study. 
But the other measure of human potential is how much do I care? How much grit do I have? How much resilience? How much perseverance? Yes. And so I tell you what, I can, I can tell you who you want to work with. Somebody who's relentless, who, yeah. who is like, just feed me more, teach me more, teach me more. And yes. if it takes a while, that's okay. If I don't get it the first time, I don't care. Yes. <laughs> I yes. just, I'm going to, just going to go after it and I'm going to, I'm going to build some momentum. I'm going to do the right things in the right way. I don't care about home runs. I care about singles. And if I get up to bat, I know over a period of time I might hit a home run, but I'm just going to start implementing principles and I'm going to be relentless about it. And, yeah. and then the next thing, you know, there are 20 year overnight success. Yeah, that's right. 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 It, so, it, it's actually been said that, uh, resiliency is a better indicator of success than intelligence. Oh yeah, it is definitely. Yeah. And so the people who uh, have been burned, um, you can either look at it as, you know, I think John Maxwell said, you win some, you learn some, <laughs> yes. Yes. Right? you know, so you just learned and this is unbelievable. You're in a better position than you've ever been in. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you learn something that's the, st the stove is hot. So we, we don't go and do that anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, or usually when you when I when I look at people who say, oh, that didn't work. And I say, well, what were you supposed to do? And there's like 10 steps in the process. They usually skipped one of the steps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Because I'm smarter than the system. I'll just skip that step. Yes. Right. No. Yeah anything, you know, it's, it's, uh, the things that, that are most essential to the success are avoiding the, the, the pits. Right. And, and so, but it takes work to avoid the pits sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. When, we, when we, when we think the pits don't apply to us, that's when we, that's when we get in trouble. <laughs> well, I, I think one of the, the funniest parts is that when, uh, sorry, funny, isn't the right word, but when people have that happen, when they're, they've trusted someone and they steered them wrong. And then they think, you know, maybe they paid some money for a course and they, and it didn't, it didn't work for them. And so then they think, oh, forget it. I'm just going to do it on my own. And what they lose, myself included, this is one of the things I realized is one of the things that I lost in saving that money from, you know, uh, taking more learning, finding new mentors, that kind of stuff, is that I lost time in that process. I kept moving forward, doing something here and, and you know, did that wrong. And then you, you, you get back up, you figure it out, you do something else and you keep growing, which, which is amazing. But you've now all of that learning has to be your own. And I think something that you said earlier about the power of a coach is being able to accelerate time. They're able to point out those, uh, those gaps for you, those holes that you're going to fall into and, and be able to accelerate at your, your journey along the way. And I, I just find that there are a lot of people that they can see the resiliency in one area or the need for the resiliency in one area, but perhaps not in the other. Yeah. And what you just said is, uh, very true. Um, in our, in one of our coaching programs, it's, it's called choose to win. 
and we help people create goals in the seven areas of life. Yeah. Mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, personal, and career. And it's interesting to me how some people are like unbelievably fantastic in three or four of those areas. Yes. And then really weak in the other ones. Mm, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's like a mind, it's like a, they've chosen to believe that, well, you know what, I'm good in business and I'm good in my uh, physical health, but I'm just financially, you know, I just need to make more money because <laughs> I just don't know, you know, I'm just not good at that. And I'm like, right. Wait a second. You've got the discipline in your physical life and you've got a great reputation and discipline in your business. Uh, but you don't have any discipline in your financial. Yeah. I just, it's not, I just got to figure out how to make more money. And I'm like, Ooh, you know, it's like, it's a mindset. And yes, so, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. It's a disconnect because if yeah. you can, if you can do, if it's the same mindset that allows you to be successful in one allows you to be successful in all of them. Mm -hmm. and, and so you, that's why people are complicated because they're really good in some areas and oh no i don't do that and so it's like carol dweck you know they've got a growth mindset in these areas and a fixed mindset over here and i'm like no 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 you've got a you've got a you have the potential to have a growth mindset everywhere yeah. it might take longer in some of the areas that are just not natural to you but you're still growing you'll still get there yeah but but isn't this the I don't know the the big one for most men on the planet. Uh, they're they're going to excel in one area of their life. Meanwhile, the other area is completely falling apart. Men that are great in business and uh, you know investing, they're amazing over here. Meanwhile, their family life is completely falling apart. You know, or there's men that maybe they've got a great family life, but the but the finances are falling apart over here. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's cross cultural that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not just U.S. or Canada or the West. Yeah. I mean, that's just like everywhere. Yeah, and what what would you say about that disconnect? Because I I really think that that's one one huge thing for uh, a lot of people run into, and you know, I I hear it all the time on social media where people will ask. Well, they'll say this, this area of my life is doing great, but in this area, but in this area and, and that disconnect is, is always there. What do you, what would you say to, uh, to people that identify that disconnect when you're coaching them? So I, I have a statement that I, or a quote, and I say this, yeah. we create the future we see. We create the future we see. Yes. I hear that. Right. So we create the future we see. And so you got to start with, well, what future do you see for yourself? And sometimes people are so, you know, they've got the blinders on and all they see is business and bank. Right. I mean, that's the only, that's the only future they're looking at. Yes. I mean, there's a, uh, there's a di divorce attorneys in the Dallas area that specialize in representing men in a divorce. And literally one of their uh, radio ads is 
you know, you've worked your whole life. You've got the country club membership. You've got the nice house, but now you're losing your family and your health. (laughs) And you're asking, why did I do all this? Right. Yeah. And so we've got to step back and say, well, what future do I want to create? And that's why we really talk about balance success and we say, okay, so what's, what's success look like from a mindset perspective? Mm-hmm. And what, what is this thinking successfully and, and, and how I view the world and when challenges happen, how do I respond to that? And then spiritually, uh, what does success look like for me? I mean, do I have peace of mind when I go to bed at night? And I, do I feel like there's a higher cause out there that I'm supporting? And then uh, physically, what does success look like for me? You know, is it, am I able to chase my grandkids around in the mountains when I'm 80? Right. Does that what my future physical, right. Or, or, or I'm just, I'm, or am I just happy to get three and a half hours of sleep with a CPAP machine? You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> what is success <laughs> physically and family? Right. What right. does it look like? And so we got to get really clear on what success looks like in all areas, you know, family, financial, personal, and career, because we create the future we see. And so why is that important? Well, the way we see our future determines our thinking today. If our thinking is negative and hopeless and there's nothing I can do about it and the world is against me, well, how, you know, dad said that a positive attitude will outperform a negative attitude every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. A positive attitude won't let you do anything, but it will let you do everything better than a negative attitude. So what future do you want to create in each of those areas? Well, if, so that determines my thinking. My thinking determines my performance. Yeah. Right. And my performance creates my future. So. I, I got to I got to ask you something about that, because I was I was literally just uh, I was talking with a waitress and uh, about this, what, you know, what, what's your problem? Uh, actually, we were having this discussion, the waitress came over. And, and so we, we asked her this question, what, what problem are you dealing with? And she said, you know, well, I'm, I always leave my schoolwork till it's too late or not till it's too late. And until like uh, 12, one o'clock in the morning. And then I, I will go crazy on it till four in the morning and then I get it done and I do really well, but I'm, I'm always anxious and, and I'm always leaving it to the last minute. And, and one of the things that I keyed in on was that negative emotion was she sort of relied on it to be able to, to get her to do what she wanted to do anyways. And she, she couldn't tap into this, the positive thoughts and instead she was stuck with the negative thoughts and and it was only once those negative thoughts were overwhelming her that she could then move herself into action can you say something about that because i see that one oftentimes that's a reoccurring story where people will only move once they're getting you know prodded in the butt uh, yeah right and, and so the fear of loss is always greater than the hope for gain Yes. Yes. Right. Um, If you can, if you can help us solve that one, that one's huge. 
How can we stop from that? Come on, tell. I've got a. I've got a plan. Okay, so I'll share my plan. I I I want to stop leaving the writing of the book till the last minute, doing my taxes uh, late. uh, uh, You know the the phone calls I've got to make, the sales calls, all of these things. How do I stop leaving them till till the end? Yeah, and I'll I'll I had this real world conversation. I was speaking at a conference in this. I call him a young man. He was early thirties. He had three kids, very successful uh, in his career. And he came to me and he said, man, I've got this idea and, but I just never get to it. And I said, well, well, how hard is it to get to? And he said, well, it's in my strength zone. And if I, if I just put a couple of hours into it, you know, three or four times a week, I think it could really pay off. And I'm like, well, what does really pay off mean? And he said, well, I think it could change my life. So we're talking at least six figures and probably close to seven figures. He was a programmer and he had some ideas and and he's wow. also also an investor and stuff. And I said, well, well, why don't you do it? And he said, well, I get, I mean to, and then I play video games all night. Yes. I've heard this story before. Keep going. And I said, man, I tell you what, uh, I have a, I have a plan for you that works every single time. I said, so would the payoff be more than $10,000? He said, oh yeah, I'd be much more. And I said like more than five or 10 times. And he said, yeah, more than 10 times that. So now we've got this you know, loaf of bread and a box car, it's, it's going to be way more than $10,000. And I said, okay, here's what we do. Uh, what I want you to do is to put together a 90 day plan of what you're going to do every day. And you're going to write me a check today for $10,000. And then at the end of 90 days, if you do everything you say on every day, I'll send you back the $10,000. And if not, it's mine. <laughs> 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 yes. He go, I go, do you think that would work? He goes, I know that would work. I go, well, write me the check. And he didn't. It's a belief issue. Yeah. He doesn't believe he can. So that's a self-image and a belief. Right. So he's got a false belief or a wrong belief or a limiting belief that's keeping him from doing that. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, dad tells a story in one of his audio programs and this guy came to his event and he was so big, right. He was like 500 plus pounds so big that he took up two chairs in the auditorium and he, he scraped together, borrowed some money, he bought the audio tapes And the series was called Changing the Picture. And it's about changing the picture of how you see yourself in your mind. And he listened to it like eight hours a day. And so he goes down to the men's clothing store and he buys a suit that's literally 12 sizes smaller than he is. And he puts it on layaway. And then he says he goes to the grocery store And he's shopping and a five-year-old girl, like five-year-olds do, when they see something, they point it out. 
yelled out in the grocery store, mama, look at that fat man. And she said he, she, he said she pointed at him. And when she did, he turned around to see who she was pointing at. Yes. Because in his mind, he was already in great physical health. The picture he had of himself was a fit athletic man. Yes. And he writes in the story, he said, that's the day I know I lost the weight. And so when somebody is in a position where they know what to do, but they don't do it, it's because their belief is that they can never do that. And so it's, it's like uh, if you were in a bicycle accident, and you get, uh, we call it road rash here, right? You, you mm -hmm. and you yeah. get all, you get all the pebbles and stuff stuck in your skin. Well, when you get up, you don't put band-aids over that. You go and scrub that baby out, right? I mean, you got to clean deep in there to get it out and you might have to do it two or three times. And so that's the way our mind is. If we're not achieving what we want, it's usually because of a poor self-image and a limiting belief that are conspiring against us. And we've got to clean our mind out just like you would road rash. Yeah. So you've got to put constantly in the information that's going to take you where you want to go. Yeah. And that's, that's the number one lesson I learned from my dad is to choose the input that you put into your mind. That's going to take you where you want to go. Right. And you've right. got to eliminate the stuff that's holding you back and you got to amp up and implement and input the stuff that's going to take you where you want to go. What what do you see as the thing that you're trying to scrape out right now at this point in your journey in your life? What's the what's the thing for you that you're trying to clear out? Yeah, so my biggest uh calling is impacting leaders who've realized that the way we've led in the past no longer works. Okay. And they're looking for a new way to lead. And I call that coach leadership. And so what we do is we take all these coaching principles, all these foundation foundational principles, and we use it to lead our people. Uh, and it's, it changes, it changes everything. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's simple. Uh, and it, but it, it's work. I mean, um, you got to do it regularly. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's what I'm, cause I, at the end of last year, I said, what intentional legacy do I want to build over the next 20 years of my life? If God gives me that. And that's what it yeah. is, is to teach leaders how to lead. And really a leader's responsibility is each person on their team. Their job is to make them more capable tomorrow than they are today. So that person could achieve their life goals. Yeah. Now, but are you seeing something that, uh, that you need to, to clear out for yourself to be able to make that happen? Like, is there, cause you were talking about, uh, you know, the, the change within creating that hope and all of that stuff. Is there something in there in you that you're realizing, okay, I need to, to clear this out, to, to move yeah. towards that. So 15 years ago, I made a conscious decision to move away from working with large businesses because of the politics. Yes. And 
And so I've been focused on speakers, trainers, coaches, small business owners. That's That's been my life. And now this new message is resonating with big companies. Yes. And so I've had to clear out um, that reality and approach it from a different angle. I, I get that. Now, so that's at your stage. This is what's uh, really trying to, uh, <laughs> to take away from what you're building. Uh, so what's what's next for you, Tom? Yeah, so it's it's basically what we've just talked about. It's equipping uh, what I call a coach leader coach. Yeah. Uh, to go out and impact businesses, to work with large businesses, to help them change the way they lead their people mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a meaningful and powerful way. I mean, because... What we know is this, that people want autonomy and they want flexibility. That's what people want, right? (laughs) Autonomy and flexibility, yes. And so what is a leader's job? It's to equip, support, inspire, encourage each person on their team so much, train and develop them so much that they can go out and fulfill the mission without any help. In other words, (laughs) our job is to give them autonomy. To, to make them a Navy SEAL, for lack of a better example. Navy SEALs are the most trained uh, soldiers in the world. And when a mission comes in, this is the way it's handed down. Here's the mission. Get her done. How can I help? Mm-hmm. But you can only do that if you know how to develop a Navy SEAL, right? And yeah. so leaders, it's the same way. So how do we grow our people? and make that growth and that desire for for each person be internalized from the inside out. How do you get your people to want to grow? And that's a that's one of the things that we we teach our leaders is how do you get people to want to grow? Yeah. Wow. So if if people want to learn more about being coach leader coaches, um, how do they how do they do that? How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so I'm one of these weird people. Uh, I give out my email. Uh, it's tom at ziggler.com. And Ziggler is Z-I-G-L-A-R. So just tom at ziggler.com. You can find us out about us at ziggler.com. And, you know, <laughs> we got six and a half million Facebook fans. And, you know, we're kind of out there. So there's a lot of ways to find us. Yeah, one or one or two followers out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's great well tom thank you so much for your time i i know that we've we've kind of hit the time for today i really appreciate you coming uh, on and sharing your wisdom with us and uh, really being about the pro the purpose of giving people hope and helping leaders build leaders uh in this world which is sorely needed so thank you so much for for coming on today awesome thank you so much Thank you guys for watching and listening. Uh, This has been another episode of the Leadership to Wealth podcast, and we'll see you guys soon.